I hope you're well. Welcome to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host. I also run NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. I've got something really exciting for you. I've got a guest coming into the studio to talk to us about why buy-to-let or property investment is dead or not. Something that we've been speaking a lot about at the moment and people ask me all the time. So I've got a special guest coming in to talk to me about that. Just before I do, I want to let you into something that you're going to hear a little bit of a way through this podcast the members club might be opening soon so listen out for details on what you can do to make sure that you don't miss out when it does open so without further ado let's jump into the main part of this podcast so I have my special guest right here Isaac Seabag is a four-time property investor who has bought and sold 30 properties plus has another 24 in the development pipeline as we've just counted. He grew up in the UK and his first investment was in Manchester which he sold in 2016 just right before Brexit to fund his new Jersey developments. Hi Isaac. Hey. How you doing? Natasha, how you doing? I'm good. good. Thank you. Thank you for coming and joining I'm me. I'm excited to be here. This place is great. Oh, I'm so excited. So we're going to start off with a couple of questions, which I think my audience would love to find out about you because you are, I look up to you. <laughs> so I'm going to ask these questions um, and I'm sure my audience will find them as interesting. So firstly, where have you just come from? So it's funny you mentioned that because I just came. So this morning, actually, we were by an auction. I went with a partner of mine to an auction. We were trying to buy a property in Newark, so the Newark, Newark was doing a, they're trying to liquidation, trying to get money back to pay their debt. They have some sort of debt. And they were selling properties. And we had one property that we wanted to get, which was about, you know, we were, tr- we were trying to spend about 200000 sell it for about um, 550000 you know, put in about 100 It actually turned out that on that specific property, they had a thing that you had to be a homeowner for seven years before you can do anything with it. So we were like, we're out of here. Oh, on that, you have to be a homeowner in the area? No, or? you had to actually go and live in that home. So renovate it and then live in it. Oh, okay. Okay, so, so that's a no-go. That was a no-go. But on the way here, like I, sh- I showed you before, we got an offer accepted on a single family in Jersey City. Mm-hmm. $775,000. We're going to put in about roughly two hundred. Yeah. And we hope to sell for close to $1.5 million. So those numbers are great. Amazing. We're happy. And how are you finding those? Um, just talking to agents, this is actually an off-market deal. So the agent, um, um, she said to me, hey, I have this deal. Someone's trying to sell. It's off-market. If you're, We know you're quick. We've closed deals with you before. And they just they give it to us. So. Amazing. So yeah. I'll ask you then, how did you get started in doing this? How have you got, how did you get started? And how do you know that you can now just fund these almost a million dollar properties? So getting started wise, um, like you mentioned, we um, sold my property in the UK, um, got started just by talking about real estate to a lot of people, then people come investors, mm-hmm. they give us the money, then I got, I, all our deals are funded through hard money, so we're paying 9 to 10%, a couple of points usually, but about 9 to 10% interest, and we're getting about 90% of the deal financed, so we just have to raise the remaining 10%, we raise that money, we give about 
20, 25% equity out to the investors and we take the 75. So once till the deal closes, we have no money in the deal usually. And then we basically fund the soft cost afterwards, taxes, insurance, all the other stuff. Okay. So when you started, how did you, so you were just literally networking? To I was find just them. networking. I became a real estate agent just solely for the purpose of knowing markets, learning markets, learning different towns, streets, and then talking to people and saying, look, I saw this deal. We can do this. You know, the, these are the numbers and people get excited. And that's how I got investors and that's how I started. And now I'm getting investors for much bigger deals. So it's great. Okay. And do you get the same investors repeat investing with you? Yeah, that, that's, yeah that's, that's part of the, that's, that's what it is. You know, they, don't, they rarely take out the money. They make the money. They're like, okay, what's the next deal? Even before we close, they're bringing friends. They're, they're reinvesting the money. They, they, they're not going to take out their money when they see those numbers. Okay. Yeah. Not not to say that I haven't had deals that didn't work out. You know, they happen also. Especially my first couple of deals, I had a deal that that didn't didn't work out because I was new to it and construction went over budget, etc. You know, so you have those deals and you got to expect those. But you just you know hope that you do more wins than losers. So you know now now after a couple of years of just figuring it out, we have the system in place and it's it's working. And what happens when? deals go wrong is it your money first that goes it's yeah it's my money first then it's the money for the investor but again we're offering anywhere between 50 and 100 percent return on your money whenever there's going to be such a huge potential for profit there's got to be some downside also so there's got to be some risk involved and that's the risk that they that once we pay off the mortgage there's no money left or sometimes you know they don't get the deposit back so it's that there's there's a there's that risk factor but again who's giving 50 to 100 percent profit that doesn't exist you know so (laughs) yeah exactly you can't put it in a bank and get that yeah. right no nope. so and yeah but th- in the last couple of years that, that was really my learning curve in the first year but the last couple of years it's been it's thank god it's been you know consistent really consistent mm-hmm. you know so so your company you work very closely with your business partner who you speak a lot about and I guess, how did you find each other and what's the benefit of having such a trustworthy business partner so th- um, how we found each other is interesting. I used um, 2017 to 2018, I did a lot of sheriff sales. I used to go to the auction, buy stuff, usually sign on the scene, and then just, um, you know, a lot of times close them, renovate them, sell them. But then a lot of times we didn't even do that. We just sold the paper. So we put down the 20%, we find a buyer, sold the paper. So I actually sold him in one shot three properties. Um, it was a contract assignment and made 120 grand on three properties without touching, without ever, even touching the property. And wow. then, and he, he bought them, I met with him and he's like, he, he calls me up. He's like, I want to see how you do this. You know, I see that you're a go-getter. I want to see how you do it. I have my company. We're, we're doing a lot in Newark. I want to get into Jersey City. And we just started doing deals together and then we just became partners. So I have a lot of different partners for different deals, but this is my main partner now for all the deals. And that's how we found each other. And we, we, we work very well together because we have different personalities. He's more, he's older. He's in his 60s. Um, he's more like, you know, settled, he takes his time, he's like, you know, he doesn't, doesn't make ra- quick decisions, you know, but then on the flip side, I'm the, I'm the guy that's, that's running around, that's getting the deals, that's negotiating, I'm, I'm the negotiator in the, in the partnership, he does not mm-hmm. negotiate as well. So that's, that's how the partnership works, we kind of balance each other out, so that's why, that's why it's great. And then he has a lot of con- connection to finance, um, financing because he's very known in his community, so that's how we get a lot of the uh, deals funded. Okay, so you bring your different skill sets to yeah. it. Yeah, for example, on, on, our, on our biggest development for, that we have now, um, which is the, the ground-up development of close to 40 units, so he found an investor for $3.5 million. You know, so like that sort of money, I wouldn't be, you know, my investors are typically between eighty dollars to $150,000. I don't mm-hmm. have the guy that just comes with $3.5 million. So, 
you know, he's very into the financing side and I'm just really focused on the on, on finding the deal and negotiating the deal and then I'm also focused on selling the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with the agents, we open up a real estate brokerage now, so we have that in-house. And everything in between, all the construction, is we have project managers, so that's how our companies run. Yeah, your company has grown a lot over the last couple of years, and it's great. Like, I've been I've been to a couple of Isaac's properties, and they're beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you. So let's talk a bit more about how do you find finance, because I know for a lot of the investors that listen to this, finding finance to constantly keep going is just something that they really, really struggle with. But you're constantly funding things. Right. So where would you advise someone to start? Um, I, I think starting by, by getting into the business, either as a real estate agent like I did or as a const- construction manager or something, getting some knowledge in the business and providing some value. Mm-hmm. And then, then just talking to everyone you know, like saying, listen, I'm in construction and I'm doing this job and the guy that bought it, he bought it for 100, I'm putting 50,000, he's going to sell for 300, the numbers are crazy. And then people are like, wow, so you know about this, you can do the construction part, you can arrange the financing, and then you, you know, network a lot with finance people in real estate um, meetups and stuff like that. And people, people will be like, okay, so you can do it, so hey, if I give you $50,000, can you, and then that's how you start, you start with one small deal, and then you just build. People hear about it, they tell their friend, and then that's really how, it's, how it goes. So it's basically just about providing value by, by having knowledge and saying, um, look, I, I know this, you want to make the money, I know the facts, let's work together. Yeah, and... So people, so do you find majority of people from networking events or I know you harp on at me about LinkedIn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the time? LinkedIn's a great place. And, and like I, I spent a lot of time, I spent not a lot of time, I spent time on LinkedIn and, and I wouldn't be there if I wouldn't, you know, if I wouldn't have people that I, that, that literally just know me through LinkedIn and wiring me money to my account. Like, you know, like we're best friends and it's like, I, I don't even get it. Like, you know, it's, it's just, it's really hard to, it's really mind boggling how, how this platform is just. People, if you create, if you provide the right content and you just show the different deals and you provide numbers and people get excited and they see that and they just see it constantly, mm-hmm. they learn, they, 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 when, they, when they reach out to you and they start talking to you, they already know you. You know, they already feel like, you know, we're friends already. We're good. And then they, they're like, you know, we want to invest this. Let's, let me just see one deal. Let me just see one spreadsheet. Let me see that. And bam, they're in, you know. And it's, it's just, and also, you're, you're on Instagram. I'm going to look at your morning Instagram. Instagram, it's the way a lot of the, millennial investors like i think i told you this once um, yeah. a lot of them they, they don't want to know they want to know numbers obviously because they're not stupid but they, a lot of, a lot of them they just want to know they want to know your dog's name they want to know where you live they want to know what what coffee you know they want to know the, 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 the stupid stuff but they want to know that because that's what makes them feel comfortable and that's what makes them feel like mm-hmm. you know okay i trust you now because i know i know what your family i know where you're from i know i know you know they, that's how they that develop trust so I'm I'm I I'm not really much on Instagram, but I'm I mean I'm starting to try and target those those um investors because the millennials most of their money now are from millennials are from people that are, you know they have these jobs they're getting two hundred two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year they have no expenses and they want to invest their money you know they have a hundred k a year to to put away so. That that's what that's my real my focus now to see. And when you work with them or when they invest in you, do you sometimes give them the knowledge as well so they can go and do it? afterwards or are they not interested so yeah it, it, it varies some people just want to take my money i don't want to hear about it you know i have one investor that i i call and i say hey what's up i want to tell you about this deal and she's like i don't want to hear about it just when, when it's <laughs> finished just give it to me give me the money and that's it she doesn't want to she's a real estate agent actually and she just doesn't want to, she doesn't want to be involved in it you know and then on the flip side i have other agent um, investors that were like um you know i want to invest now but only because i want to do it myself one day so let me invest with you, but I want to see everything. I want to see step by step how you do it. I want to see the financing. I want to see the 
construction. I want to be on top of the construction. I'm like, fine, that's okay, you know? Yeah. Because I know that, I, I don't mind if they go, you know, we do a couple of deals and they go because I make money, they make money and we're all happy. And it's fine if they go and, and I don't look at it as competition, you know, because whatever I'm supposed to get, I'm going to get and that's it. No one's going to, so I don't mind breeding the competition. I like that viewpoint that yeah. you take. You say that to me a lot. You have to, you have to have that. You have to have that because once you start thinking that, you know, everything's yours and you get selfish, you can't, you have to be, you know, God has a plan for all of us and whatever we're supposed to get, we're going to get. That's it. Mm-hmm. Really is it. to let you into a secret the members club is opening again soon here's a sneak peek of what you can get spreadsheets and checklists so that you can manage your properties from anywhere and i mean anywhere in the world done for you strategies so you always know what to buy next one-to-one mentorship on a monthly basis workshops drop-in q a sessions online learning environment quick shifts so that you can take action fast it's everything you need to be a successful property investor Build a legacy which pays for your lifestyle. If you're interested, join the waiting list now so that you can get access first. The website address is www.ncrealestate.co.uk and click on the Members Club. Get on the waiting list now because I'm going to let you know first. So talk about, um, explain in a little bit more detail rather, um, how you're, what what you're doing when you're giving away equity, because I don't think in the UK that's as bigger strategy, but obviously what works over here still works in the UK. We just structure it slightly different. Yeah, I think, I think um, in general, I don't like to generalize about anything, but in general, I think um, Americans are more, are more open-minded about investments. That's Mm -hmm. what I I feel. And that's why they're like, um, you know, um, here's my money, these are the numbers, you know, my return. They don't need any guaranteed returns. They don't need any interest on their money while it's been out. You know, as long as as long as they know that. Like, honestly, if I would have stayed in London, I don't think I would be, in, I would be where I am now. There's no way. You don't I have, think? No, I have friends that are there trying. It's They tell me how hard it is. And I'm like, it's not hard to raise money. What's the big deal? You talk to a few people and they just open their bank accounts. And they're like, <laughs> no, that doesn't happen in London because London, you have these big, people investing with these bigger developers. People want certain... They want returns on their investments. They want more more than we're willing to give. You know, we don't want to have an additional interest payment to pay to investors on top of what we're paying the bank, on top of what we're paying the construction every month, you know, all this stuff. We don't want additional additional costs of an investor. So the investor's cost should be right at the end. When we sell, this is the numbers, here's your, here's your profit. That's it. Okay, so the equity is when we sell, here's the percentage of the profit you're getting. Yeah, so typically, let's say they invest $100,000, they get 25% equity, let's say, so... The, pro- the, the project makes $100,000, they get $25,000. They get their money back plus $25,000. Okay, yeah. It's, and that's the difference in that we'd probably have to pay uh, investors on a monthly basis. I mean, there's there's no reason why we couldn't negotiate harder and get it paid at the end and give them that equity share. I mean, if it's if it works, yeah. it works. But again, um, finding that money. But there's definitely money out there. People, even the... People I wouldn't expect have money in their bank account that they don't yeah. know what to do you with. You listen, you're doing a great job. You 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 got you, you found those investors. But my friends that's in London, they're like, it's impossible. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my investors come from years of getting to know people, right. and then investors will invest on certain projects. For example, if they like sustainability or they quite like developing in an airspace in London, which seems to be 
a big big thing and it's not actually something I've talked about much on the podcast but um, one of our investment strategies right now um, for the development company that we've got in London is uh, we look at rows of properties and we buy the airspace where there's not a, a flat being put in the roof um, and we've got investors who like just investing in that and that's quite an interesting right. interesting strategy but Yes, my investors are very picky about what they're putting money into. I've got another investor who will only ever lend up to a hundred thousand pounds, and sometimes that you just don't find deals that right. that. So yeah, it's slightly different, but I, the process is the same. You get to know them; they get to know you, and if you can really make sure that goes a bit faster by doing it on social media, because everybody can see. Right, you're not just telling one person; you're telling thousands of people. Yeah. Okay, so I guess the next question is what motivates you and keeps your mindset in the game? Because not every day things could go right, right? Yeah, so I'm saying it's all about, you know, thinking about the bigger picture. You know, you, you look at it and you say, this is what I made in 2018. Um, maybe in February I thought this was going to happen and in March this happened, April, but that all didn't matter. All the stuff in between, the, the ups and the downs, nothing matters. It's all about the bottom line at the end of the year. So. Mm-hmm. We again, um, we're of the belief that we can't control our bottom line. It's all it's preordained. God has knows exactly what we're gonna get. You know, whatever we're supposed to get, we're not gonna get a dollar from someone else that we're not supposed to get. And then we just have to do our part. You know, do, we can't just sit and do nothing and expect God to give us what He's. You know, we have to do our part and obviously do um put our foot forward. But we can't um we can't yeah we that that's so what motivates me um I, I don't need much motivation. I'm saying like I tell you mm. a lot. I my my job. I don't feel like I'm working. You know, no. I, don't, I don't wake up in the morning like God. I have another day of work. It doesn't. It's not like that. It's. I enjoy every minute of it. It's just amazing, and I feel so blessed. You know, it's it's thank God. Yeah, it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. So, what's been the best project you've done to date? Ah, uh, best project. I mean, I like the projects where I don't do much work. Where when I just go to the auction, and then we did one pro- one deal where, um, we bought it for one ninety. 190 180 and we sold for 260 without touching it so it was like seventy thousand dollars in one in one property and it was literally two hours of work like going to the auction sitting down putting my hand up winning the bid two hours of work 70 grand <laughs> and and you think and you go home that night and you're like you know my friend's an accountant and he's working nine to nine p.m and he's maybe making 80 85 000 after he pays his whatever and i just made that in two hours you know and i'm like what the hell, you know, like, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy, and that's why, you know, like, and then, so, so another deal, we lost 20 grand, but it, it, it's, you know, it, it balances out, and it's just, those deals are amazing, we're actually involved, a really exciting project we're involved is, um, it's been on LinkedIn, I think, um, is, is the, our brownstone in Hoboken, mm-hmm. we paid one four for it, we're putting in about 500, we're in it for about two million, and we're going to try and sell for three million, and we're pulling out all this, we're doing everything, it's like, smart home marble custom cabinets i just paid the bill today it was thirty five thousand dollars for custom cabinets and literally like four cabinets like not a lot of cabinets and the appliances you know wolf appliances twenty plus thousand dollars in appliances a wine fridge in the master bedroom like and every everything you can think of the back the, the whole back of the house two floors is all glass um, private porch off the master bedroom full roof deck it's like fully loaded brownstone in, in like the heart of hoboken and that's like a really exciting project because we've never done that before. We've never done these like single family. We actually changed it from a three family to a single family. So we went backwards. Usually we were trying to add units. Yeah. This time we went backwards because of the, the, the space size, the sizing. And now we have a, this project, which is, which, you know, it's, it's really exciting because the design is just, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. Was that the one that I came with you? To yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that was it, on Hoboken. How, yeah. how much longer have you got to go? So when you came, it was just framed out. Remember it was yep. just framed out. Yep. So, um, now they're plumbing, so we're gonna close up sheetrock in a couple of weeks. 
So that's quick. Yeah. Are yeah. all the glasses on the back? The glasses not on the back yet. No, we okay. have to. We're waiting for the. We got different quotes. We had one quote for sixty thousand dollars just for the glass, but that was with iron. So we're getting one with aluminium. There's different. You know, so much stuff that goes into it, and we have a full time designer on the job. She's there probably every every couple of, every other day. You know, so it's a really it has to be perfect. The job has to be perfect, and. Should yeah. I put your in, uh, can I put your Insta and LinkedIn in the show notes so that people can come and have a look? Sure. <laughs> I think they'd be impressed. You have to go and have a look. Um, I going back to the project where you made seventy thousand pounds, seventy thousand dollars. Sorry, did you plan that in the morning before you went? Did so you... when I first started on the sheriff sale, it was it was I was really official about it. I was like, you know, make sure there's no oil tank because oil tank can cost you fifty thousand dollars to remove if it's contaminated and you have to start moving the building, so that can be bad. Make sure title is clean because if title is not clean, you have to start fighting with the bank to get the money deposit back from the auction. Make sure the properties are not occupied or it is occupied. The tenants are decent. Like there's a lot of things. But as I started doing deals, I saw that all that due diligence didn't really help me much. I'm saying when the title was really bad, the bank was good with me. They gave me money back. When the, there was an oil tank, we figured it out. You know, it was it wasn't that it wasn't that terrible. So what I started doing was I I I got the list the morning of the auction, and I would just go down there. I'd have my iPad open to the MLS, which is all the all the history of the properties. And because I'm an agent, so I have access to that. And I would just basically <coughs> go through it. Um, as they came up, I would go, and I would, sometimes they were not there because they were never listed, but 80%, 80-90% of them are listed. Mm-hmm. And I would go through it, and I'd say, okay, um, this is a two-family, this is a three-family, this is how many bedrooms. And on the spot, I'd make a, a judgment how much it's worth, and bam, I would take it, you know, and I'd bid on it. Um, I stopped going middle of last year because inventory went down. Competition is fierce over there. I, like I told you, January 5th, 2018, I bought mm-hmm. five properties. One day. I went there one o'clock in the afternoon, um, afternoon Thursday, walked out five o'clock with five properties, 1.6 million or something. How did you know you can afford that? You had the money in the I bank. had the 20%. I had 20%. My, okay. investor, my investor was doing a tenth, I don't know, whatever it was. And he gave me the 20%. I walked in and bought five properties. I sold them all except for one by now. I have one left. Wow. So it was like, and that's crazy. And then not only that, even if I'm paying close to market, but imagine all the negotiation. Imagine doing a short sale, right? You do a mm-hmm. short sale, it takes you 12 months, sometimes eight months, six months, 12 months. It can be, you know, and it's negotiation, it's calls, it's banks, it's agents, it's lawyers. It's like, hey, you walk in, you walk out. That's it. So short sale for people in the UK is like just the regular like that's the buying process isn't it like it's on the market then it's on the market but the it's where the the owner can afford the house they're okay. not they're not making point payments the bank's about to foreclose right what they'll do is they'll list the house the owner will list the house and then if they get an offer they'll present the offer to the bank and say will you take this instead of foreclosing on me that way they save their credit that that's how they do it yeah 12 months it can take, yeah, it can take, time. it can take two years. It can take whatever, whatever the bank decides and however they procrastinate. It takes however long, yeah. So this is just so quick and efficient. And in those days, um, you know, people, it was, it was easy. The deals were coming, they were flowing. Mm-hmm. Certain areas that weren't so popular yet now are crazy popular, like Bayonne and, and Kearney and Harrison. Those areas were easy. They pick up a property in, in Harrison for 280, sold it 430. Amazing. But we closed in that, so it cost a little bit more, but we didn't touch it. No renovation, as is. Just did an eviction, got everyone out, 4.30. Amazing. So, it, yeah, so those are, those are good days. But it was fun. I love the auction. It's amazing. It's like the gamble in me is like, yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> only to go down to Atlantic City. Yeah, this is, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I think I told you the story of the Bayonne one where I, where I bought the property in Bayonne, um, for I think 190 or something. And it was Thursday, so Sunday I went to check it out. And 
I pulled up the property, my heart jumped because I realized that I'd actually bought the property next door. I thought I'd bought this beautiful two family with a garage and I'd actually bought this one family teardown, which wasn't worth even half of what I, what I was going to pay for it. Not even 80,000. And I'm like, no way. This is crazy. <laughs> but then again, it was a process. Speak to attorneys, get the deposit back. I explained my, my, my position, how I thought it was a certain address because of tax records. I explained everything. Yeah. And, and I, got my, I got my money back. Didn't cost me more than $1,000, the whole thing. So. That's so good. Yeah. So That's the difference between American auctions and UK auctions. You wouldn't get the money back. Even if you... No, you have to go through with it. Yeah, so... But then it's 10% down, not 20 But yeah, but UK auction, I think I've seen... Um, UK auction, you actually get to see the property. Yes. You walk in the property before and everything. I've seen there's yeah. a TV show, what's it called? I don't even know what it's oh. called. <laughs> Homes Under the Hammer. You watched yeah. that? Yeah, 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 I've watched it. Really? Yeah. It's boring as hell, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> I, I watched... a lot of people think that they can go to get deals. Um, that's why the auction scene in the UK took off and you can't get a deal for Love Nor Money there Because now. of that? Because of that show. Yeah, but anyway, they, they, they go before you, but they walk through the house. You're not, yep. you're, not, you're not mixing up any houses over there. You're not walking through the house and bidding on the one next door. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. oh, so you don't go and see them beforehand? I'll, so again, my, when I first started, yeah, I'd make sure I'd drive by, I'd knock on the door, I'd have a whole chat with the owner, even before I even, before I even knew what the upset price was. Because the upset price only comes out, and that means the minimum the bank will take only comes out in the morning of the auction. Okay. So even I'd go the day before and I'd speak to the, and I'd do a lot of do, running around and then I'd end up buying a property that I never even saw. Because, you know, it just depends what, what I get in then. So I realized that I was just wasting my time doing that. And I'd better just be focused on, you know, other stuff, the stuff that I already had. And then just on the day of the auction, I had my MLS open. I made decisions. And thank God I, I backed out of probably five properties, four or five properties. Okay. With, with no, yeah, with no, with no problem. So yeah, it worked out. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, people don't know that. That's that's uh, people think that yeah, you put the money down, it's gone. You just got to be careful. So they're, they're hesitant when they're bidding. But if you if you, um, usually you can back out. Again, it's not easy. It's a lot of headache and it's a lot of heartache and it's a lot of talking to attorneys and all that stuff. But it is what it is. So let's move the on to something which I think is kind of relevant. So the topic of this podcast was why is buy to let or property investment dead or or not? Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> Mainly because I'm always asked, or people will comment on Facebook, or they'll send me DMs on Instagram saying, Natasha, you're wasting your time. The buy-to-let industry has gone under. There's nothing to be made in property investment. This week, the Daily Mail came out with a story, or they're saying that it's a report about how Britain's 239 billion buy-to-let bubble has burst. Apparently, landlords have been ruined by tax penalties. Existing landlords are offloading 3,800 properties per month, which makes me think that that means there's 3,800 properties out there to be snapped up in a deal, but hey. Um, and that buy-to-let mortgage applications are at an all-time low. Apparently, there was only 70,000 in the last 12 months. On top of that, there is rumour going around that of course, Brexit, we have no idea what's going to happen, but uh, also rumour that the US market is about to collapse. Do you think the property investment industry is dead? As of today? <laughs> <laughs> right now. Right now, right now we're good. Right now we're good. And listen, we're doing a lot of condo developments, condos where anytime anything dies, it starts with condos, right? It's always like mm -hmm. that, right? People want to buy multifamilies. It's, it's cheap on the mortgage, you know. Our multifamilies are flying off the shelf. We, 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 you've seen the, what we do. Um, 
Thank God those are going quick. The condos, yeah, the condos, the market's slowing down. Manhattan started Manhattan a couple of years ago. You know, moved it. Jersey City. Beginning of this, beginning of eighteen was good. You know, as you got through eighteen, it started getting started slowing down a little bit. A lot of inventory. You know, it was it's a real buyer's market. I'm not gonna lie, it's a buyer's market for these, especially these high end condos. Um, talk me, talk us through what condo is. Condo is is basically um, a building. It can be two plus units, so two up to a million, whatever, however many units you want to have. And it's where you take a building and then you condo convert it. So you make each unit separate. So I'll buy a, two, a three family, let's say. I'll condo convert it and I'll make each unit separate and then I'll sell each one separately. So Okay, so you're putting different apartments in it. Different or... apartments, but and each person owns it. And once I sell all three, I don't own it anymore. And, and each one has, and each one pays like HOA fee, which is a homeowners association. Mm-hmm. They pay that fee just to manage the roof and the shelving of the snow yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, the building is now owned by these three board members. So that's where the condo association is. And then the difference with the multifamily? Multifamily, I just sell multifamily to one person. Three family, four family, five family. They buy it, they live in one, they rent out others, or they just rent the whole thing out. Okay, and a multifamily is just one unit? No, multifamily can be as many units as you want. Okay. One owner, just one owner. Right, okay. Right, one owner, one tax bill, one you know, one water bill. With condos, it's three separate water, three separate water bills, it's three separate tax bills, it's three, you know, it's all separate. So it's right. if, yeah, three people own a property, basically. Fine. Okay. So in New York, you've experienced that condos are just in Manhattan. Sorry. Manhattan, I'm not, I haven't experienced it, but I'm, I, I see the news. I see what's going on. And I see the, you know, the average sell, the average day, um, time in the market is the 340 days. You know, That's, so you can do a condo. You can get all excited, buy a condo for a million dollars, put in another million and say, okay, it's, I'm in for two million. I'm going to sell for three million. But now I know that I got to sit for a year till I even get a contract. Yeah. So that's a lot of holding costs, you know. That's I don't know how people do that over there, but yeah, the average is like three hundred and something days on the market, which is it's mad. Yeah, because the market's so expensive. Yeah, and mortgages. Deve- are yeah, quite developers expensive. are changing like mid construction from condos to rentals. Oh so, wow! And, and this is difference to how you construct condos and rentals, and they just mid construction. They're just saying this is not going to work as a condo building. We're not going to sell. It's going to take too long. Rentals. Or at least then you get the money in straight away. Yeah, then you, you get the renters in, you refinance it, you pull it out, you don't make a huge profit, but whatever the profit you're making is going to be tax-free because it's refinanced and, and you move on to the next project, you know, or you sell the whole you sell the whole thing rented. You rent out the whole thing, then you sell it. Yeah, it's a good investment. Yeah. Packaged already. People at Hedge Fund will come in and pay at a three, four, three or four cap. Done. That's something that we're seeing a lot in the UK as well. Um, and definitely last year, big investors, the pension funds, were really talking about that's what they were going to do. They were buy blocks and just rent it all out. No longer are they going to sell any of it off. And from that respect, I don't think that means that the buy-to-let industry is dead or it's dying. Um, there's always rumours of crashes. Always rumours of crashes. And yes, it's more expensive to own property investments in the UK at the moment because we have the new tax that's come in. Um, and that's that's causing chaos for certain landlords, not every landlord, but that's why you pay a good accountant. Because if you didn't have a good accountant, um, then you'd be paying tax left, right and centre. And you've always got to do it in the most efficient way. I'm not saying dodge tax. Definitely don't do that. That's not the message of this podcast. The message is that you get a team around you who can support you so that you're constantly making money. Right. Yeah. And just adapting. You know, there's adapting to we changed from multifamilies to condos because we we actually saw that the taxes went up in downtown Jersey City. Mm-hmm. Um it doubled and tripled. So you're paying $10,000 taxes and one day to the next, you're paying 25000 mm-hmm. a year. And 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 landlords are like, so I'm not making any money. You yeah. know, all my money's going to the taxes. So they put it on the market to sell. And now 
you know, we're like, how can we profit off this? And we're like, if we condo this, yeah. that's the way to go. We don't care about taxes when we condo because we're going to get them assessed each one separately and then we're going to sell it. Yeah. So, so we're competing. We're buying properties off the regular market. A lot of stuff, in the beginning, we bought a lot of stuff off market. You know, people quit closing, stuff like that. Now we're buying stuff on the regular market because we can compete with landlords because landlords can't afford it. Yeah. You know, but again, that's only in the in the hot areas, the, the areas close to Manhattan, downtown Jersey City. If you go further back, other other areas, not so easy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's about changing, isn't it? You do. Yeah. The market is going to change. There's always going to be changes in legislation. Taxes are going to change because we're not the government. We don't control that ourselves. Yeah. Mortgage uh, rates. Mortgage rates. Yeah. yeah. Interest rates over here are really high at the moment. Compared they're really to the high. They're, they're, they're coming down a little bit now. They went they were, they were over five. Now they're coming down a little bit. So the, we're seeing, you yeah. know. Yeah. But it's just about not being, not being, you know, tied to any specific model. That's what it is. Um, if I was to buy a multifamily today, I wouldn't, um, we're actually looking, I wouldn't buy in, in this state, New Jersey or New York. It's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other states, the taxes are not so high, the the returns are just better, the value add stuff, they're just better. So mm-hmm. I, I, you can't be, you know, you can't be razor focused on your area or a certain area. You've got to be, you know, I'll go all over, the, all over the country at this point. Yeah, have a look where the deals are. Yeah. But you've just got to have your eye open for a new strategy. When people get locked in, that's where 3,800 properties going back on the market every <laughs> every month. But again... If people are offloading quickly, that means that there's a deal to be had somewhere, which yeah, well, means that you I, I, can restructure. Yeah, but I, and people are not, are not going to just, you know, people are still stuck to their old prices. There's going to be a lot of stuff that just sits in the market, you know. And so, yeah, yeah, there's there's a deal, but you got to, people Wait. are still, are still yeah, they're still kind of stuck to it. They're still, they still remember the good days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the days yeah. where this is the top of the market. Like, yeah, last year I could have got... A million for this. Why? Why? I'm gonna list for eight hundred. There's no way. You know. Yeah. I want. I'm gonna try for nine fifty, and then they're just gonna sit in the market for two months, and then they'll get. They'll do two reductions till they get to eight fifty, and then they'll end up selling at eight ten. You know. That's what will happen. Yeah, but you've just got to sit and wait. Yeah. As a buyer, if you're looking for a, a property investment, I mean the other thing is in the UK at the moment commercial is quite hot. Not not necessarily retail although I can see it bouncing back and I already did a podcast about that two weeks ago um but there's you know service accommodation boom in the UK at the moment with the Airbnb right. like everybody wants an Airbnb it's right. lucrative we've talked about yes. it and that's it's a way of getting around the changes in um tax in the UK and also if you put if you start investing in a company then you don't get the tax hikes that you experience now as a uh, owner property investor so there's ways around it I think people are just changing their strategies um, and as you say you've just got to look for what's actually happening and where you can make a profit try and get it before it starts trending yes yeah <laughs> otherwise you end up <laughs> queuing out the door for these properties yeah. that are you know everybody wants to buy yeah try and yeah try and predict where it's going to go that's that's really what it is and that's what that's what we pretty much did with the condos and now with now with the uh, multifamilies because multifamilies yeah because of the mortgage rates multifamilies are really really the way to go in the in the good areas so yeah just keep following the trend but try to be a step ahead yeah it's good advice good advice 
Okay, so to finish up, what we do every week is I answer a question from within the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. So let me read you this, this week's question and I'll ask you what you think. So this question is from Alan. He's been trying to enter the buy-to-let arena for a while and the original plan was to purchase a low-value property outright at auction in the South Wales area of approximately £40,000. However, that would consume pretty much all of his savings and have turned his focus towards interest-only mortgages on slightly higher-value properties, so one-bed flats of around £60,000 to prevent tying up all of his money in one place. Although this appears to be a commonly taken sensible approach to dipping a toe in, he wants to ask, aside from any get-rich-quick uh, investment pool type schemes, is there any another approach he's missing? So, yeah, I hear, I hear the question. Um, I, don't, I don't know what get-rich-schemes he's talking about. <laughs> I'm trying to... So, it, there's a lot of... Um, in the UK, there's a lot of get... Uh, gurus advertising um, give us your money we'll figure you out and then goodbye yes got it so okay. and you could pay something up to like a hundred thousand pounds to do that yeah and in the u.s we have i don't know if tell me if it's the same thing we have these um companies that say we'll teach you real estate come to us give us twenty five thousand dollars yeah and then we'll teach you we'll get you the funding we'll help you get investors we'll get yes. you the deals and exactly then and then the they same. do that and i actually know people that were successful in it you, you know do. there are people that, that have been successful in it but there are a lot of better people out there also because at the end of the day, it's not about them, it's about you. Either you have it in you, you don't have it in you. And honestly, I always say this, like, take that money and put it into your first property. Go yep. blind, just just make a step. You know, so many people, I worked with someone who is probably in his 70s by now and he spent his whole life learning about real estate and he maybe bought a couple of properties, but that's it. And he's always learning, learning. I'm like, what's the point of learning so much if you, mm -hmm. if you, you know? So just dive in and do your first deal and that's that's really what it's about, you know? Um, so that, yeah, that definitely, is, that's out. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think, honestly, someone in that position, which should honestly probably try and do what I did, which is, you know, get a, get into the profession, either as an agent or as in construction, whatever they, they're good at, and try and just gain knowledge about <clears throat> markets they want to invest in and, and stuff like that. And then keep that money. I always kept my money for soft costs. I never actually invested in the property. And then just try and raise the money from investors and use that money on the side just to fund costs that come up there's an appraisal fee there's interest every month there's insurance every month just to pay that mm -hmm. and that's how that's that would be the best way obviously it's not that easy you know you've got to you got to really be out there if he's not that type of guy i would say try and do a flip you know yeah buy it put some money in it sell it build up capital you have sixty thousand, you know in six months time then 12 months time now you have eighty thousand. you just build up your money once you have, you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand or 150, whatever it is, you know, then you can buy a couple of rental properties and you can do carry on doing the flips and then, you know, that's how you build it up. Mm -hmm. But to buy, to put all your money into a rental and then just about cover it with a mortgage, like what's the point? No, and I think that's a, a really good tip of advice. But also in South Wales, what's just happened is they just scrapped the seven bridge tolls, which there was a, which has been something that's going to be happening, has been coming for a long, long time. And so that's making people who, um, I don't know how much you know the West Country in the UK. Like you said, you went to Somerset on holiday a couple of times. That's, that's around it. there. Um, so they've, um, they've Bristol is kind of the big main hub. Um, and before, people wouldn't commute from Wales to Bristol to work because they had to pay a toll on the bridge. And it was like, I don't know, seven, eight pounds a day. Wow. Which adds up over the year. You might as well go to Cardiff or Newport and work there. They've scrapped those tolls on the bridge. So now it's easy to come backwards and forwards and property prices in 
Wales, well, you can get a flat for 40k, um, have since started rising. And so it would be a good time to take advantage of that, definitely, because people who couldn't afford in Bristol, and Bristol's a really expensive place to buy, are now thinking, well, hold on a minute, if it's only 30 minutes across the bridge, it really makes sense for me to go and buy a cheaper property uh, in Wales and I can afford, you know, a three, four, five bed for the cost of a one or two bed flat in Bristol. So you need to, I think, take advantage of that opportunity which is presenting itself. And I'm, you didn't say where you were in South Wales. So if you're, you know, really like the Gower and further um, west, then it might not be as simple to get over to where um, people from Bristol and the surrounding areas would be uh, buying. But it's definitely worth having a look at those opportunities um i guess there's going to be a lot of changes in south wales at the moment because the eu funded a lot of developments in south wales uh, especially around the port talbot area and that funding is now well it won't be available as of the 29th of march um so there might be some opportunities for you in there as well to snap up some cheaper properties, put a little bit of money into it, make it look a little bit nicer, and then either flip it on and sell it at that um, at that higher uh, cost. Or if you're not the sort of person who wants to flip, you want to hold, make sure that you are still increasing the equity so that you can um, borrow on it. And there are some lenders who will look at the equity that you have got in your property, even if you haven't got it in hard cash. Um, so use that. I'd be investing in something that you can increase the value, as Isaac said. And whether you're flipping or you're remortgaging, just make sure that you're able to get that cash back out. And I think you're probably investing in an area where you should be able to do it. So watch the market and play it. But of course, the fact that I'm telling you this, there's going to be a lot of other investors around who are have seen the same opportunities. So make sure you jump on it quickly. So I hope that answers your question. Um, thanks, Isaac, for coming and joining me today. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group is the, is where it's at. Or head on, over to my website, www.ncrealestate.co.uk. Or you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. It's at Natasha C. Collins. Do get in contact. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, if you've loved this, to keep subscribing and leave that five-star review because I want to hear that you're here and you're listening and you're enjoying it. So... Thank you for joining me and Isaac this week and I will catch up with you again next week.